Halo, halo, Sacred Icon listeners. We used to do ads for other people, but I decided, why don't we do one for ourselves? Whether you're here listening to us for the first time or you've heard every episode, I'd like to briefly tell you what we're about and how you can support us. We have been doing this podcast since 2019, and with that has come lots of changes. We started as a primarily Halo-only show, but have evolved, combat evolved, over the years to talk about a wide variety of things in the realm of nerd culture. As you can imagine, we've made numerous changes to our platforms, usernames, and emails over the years, so now is the time for me to set things right and give the Covenant back their bomb. You can join our Discord by clicking the link included on our podcast feed. You can also send us an email or a voice message at sacrediconpodcast at gmail.com. We have a YouTube channel at youtube.com slash sacredicon, and we no longer use Twitter or X or whatever else the kids are calling it these days. So if you see someone who looks like us there, just know it's not us. Lastly, you can support us on patreon.com slash sacredicon and receive a bevy of bonus content. We're so glad you chose us to be the voice in your ear on this particular day and hope you enjoy the episode ahead. Halo, halo, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back. That's right, to another episode of the Sacred Icon Podcast, where we talk all things Halo. That's right, ladies and gentlemen, I'm excited today. We are back, Brian and Joshy, because it's been a while. We got Alex back, that's right. Alex is back, like a bug crack. Do you know Hello that there. reference? <laughs> <laughs> do you know that reference at all, Alex? You know what I'm talking uh, about? I, I'm sure I do. But he, he does, Gears Dizzy. 2. <laughs> Dizzy from Gears 2, he's like, back like a bug crack. Ah, uh, yes, of course. <laughs> <laughs> it's weird every time i replay through gears of war 2 i always forget he's there a little bit more than yeah. that but i always just remember him from that moment like that's the only time i can remember his presence he has that and awesome it, chainsaw fight with uh with scourge yeah he does oh, if, it so if it isn't cool. sacred icon to start a podcast by it's talking about something that has absolutely nothing to do with halo i think one time we started by talking about like tim allen santa claus movies it's like what the hell did i just get into <laughs> well to be fair like as much as like I reference, you know, my memory of brute thinking brute force was like Halo Two, before there was Halo Two. I think Gears has more validity as being a bit closer to Halo than brute force. So Did you ever play brute force, Alex? Uh, when it like first drops, but uh, not not for a long, long time. Mm. This is this is the this is the set off for the spin off spin off show. Uh, Alex, the the brute force retrospective. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's a very short episode. I feel like it'd be just as successful as when they tried to like set up Dwight's farm on the office. Remember that was going to be a spin off show. Oh and, yeah, yeah. It oh didn't my work gosh. out, so they didn't do it. But or wow. Joey from Friends. <laughs> yep. Oh uh, but Josh. Anyways, Halo. I guess. Yeah, guys, we are Alex back here. covering more of the announcements. Working our way through. On uh, the last episode, we left off talking about um halo 4's gameplay reveal at e3 which was such a treat so if you haven't heard that yet be sure and go back and uh, listen to that episode but we are going to kick things off with july 22nd um youtube uh had a video halo 4 at e3 2012 this was kind of something that came out afterward in a quick summary was it was just a behind the scenes look back at 343 preparing to show off the game at e3 and throughout this whole thing you get a sense that there's this nervous and anxious anxious excitement uh, that's being discussed through the first half of the video. So I've just got a couple of quotes to to pull from this. Bonnie Ross said, This is our big debut. We've been working for three and a half years on this. And it's exciting, you know. This is our Halo, and I have hope I hope we've done well by fans. Frank O'Connor says, The only thing I'm really nervous about is everything about it. So it's just a state of nail-biting terror. Kiki says, you come in with so tre- uh, so much trepidation, 
and you've been so heads down, and it's really hard to have perspective. Scott Warner, lead, uh, lead designer, says, you're like, oh, God, is this really going to show as good as it needs to? So uh, real quick, thoughts on that, guys, uh, what it must be like for them. Even now, it kind of puts it into perspective. Uh, yeah, it's funny because they're basically like the back here now, aren't they? <laughs> Going into, yeah. uh, into infinite. <laughs> yeah. Like, what does um, everyone think about this? Oh, that had to have been super nervous back then. That's the first time they're doing that. I was going to ask, I was going to say in regards to this, Alex, in your opinion, would you say if you take Halo 4's era, Halo 5's era, and now Halo Infinite's era, which of those three eras would you say 343 has been given the most benefit of the doubt, and which one the least? That's a good question. Because um, all three, they've been heavily criticized. All three has been a very, like, sort of chaotic mishmash of, um, you know, great excitement and great sort of uh, skepticism. Um, I think going into Halo 4, you know, there was a lot of like, oh, we need to sort of prove ourselves to to the community and everything. Um, and I think going into the game, you know, leading up to that, they were doing all sort of the right things to, to, to do that and getting people very excited. Halo 5, you know, going into that, they had so much goodwill, I think, with uh, the Hunt the Truth stuff and uh, you know, all the sort of things that they were teasing, which may be weren't necessarily reflected in the game itself so you kind of <laughs> look back at that period as like oh yeah you know there was no better time to be a halo fan than you know following all this but then the game came out mm-hmm. <laughs> and then infinite obviously we are sort of we're in that build-up period again and they've done a much better job of kind of letting the game speak for itself and showing us direct stuff talking about things that are in the game very transparently, very directly, even if it's stuff that we don't want to hear and we don't like. Uh, there's very like honest sort of transparency there, which is uh, very much appreciated. It's very much what we were asking for <laughs> after Halo 5. Um, so I hope that uh, sort of to answer your question, going into the sort of next era that we are right now, that this will be the best time for uh, for, for everything there. Yeah, I think it. I, I don't want to go too far down the rabbit trail because I want to stay on Halo 4, but it is really interesting now that you say that just how, you know, what do we know about the story of Halo Infinite? What kind of expectations have they, they set up for us? Not many, which is so great because when I was going into Halo 5, just like the both of you, I was thinking, okay, Oni's going to do some dark shit. Why is Master Chief doing this? You know, Hunt the Truth's going to get, oh man. Like I just Hunt had, the Truth I had, was kind of the catalyst for me with that. Yeah, I had so much in my head built up of what would happen. Well, with Infinite... I would say, in general, what I'm hyping up for Infinite is that I get to have a lot of fun on a Halo ring fighting enemies I'm familiar with. And past that, I really I really don't know anything else, and it's great. Yeah, they've scaled it down. You know, the, when they showed the Discover Hope um, cinematic back in, gosh, 2019 now, almost two years ago, where they introduced the pilot, and then, you know, he recovers the Chief, and they're at Installation 07, and then they fight a new threat. You've just got those four things to go off of, and... Mm-hmm. It's really great. <laughs> uh, yeah. I was just super excited by it. like, okay, so you've given us these broad kind of concepts to think about. You've shown it to us with an actual scene in the game. And then we can just kind of go from there and build build on that rather than, you know, sort of hype things up on uh, to an unnecessary kind of degree. Yeah, it's a less is more for sure. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. All right, Josh, take us forward. Yeah, um, the second half of that video, uh, which was great. I, I love how they did this. First half is like, you know, everyone at 343 super uh, nervous, anxious. Second half, fans are seen rushing to the booths to get a hands-on experience of this game. 
Um, after the reveal, you know, they kind of show footage of like a large pop from the crowd. The crowd's just loving it. Chance of like Halo Four, Halo Four. You know, people are going nuts. A um, couple more quotes from this at this point. Afterward, David Ellis, the Spartan Ops designer, said, "We've been working on Halo Four for about three years at the studio, thousands and thousands of hours, lots of blood, sweat, and tears." Uh, this experience this week has re-energized and revitalized everyone here. Scott Warner said, I'm excited to get back to work, finish things out, and do it as good as we can now with all this extra energy. One fan says, the game's beautiful. <laughs> Second fan said, very, very good game. Third fan said, it still plays like Halo should play. Um, this was probably my favorite um, like video they kind of did around that time, just because of the hype. You see like the nerves going into it, and it's like, it turned out really good. Mm. You know, it's just, oh, man, the, the euphoria at the time that everyone had. Uh, I think I forget, I forget all the time that they are uh, – I, I think it's pretty fair to objectively say, you know, on a broad scope, uh, a broad scale, their, their first effort was to create a sequel to one of the – best video games of all time, Halo 3. Right. Not even saying that's any of our particular favorites or it's not or we didn't have problems with Halo 3, but just if you it's pretty fair to say, you know, I I don't know where it would place, you know, in a world ranking, but Halo 3 is in the conversation for one of the best games ever made. Yep, and this definitely. new studio has to make a sequel to that. And I think I more often think of them doing the follow-up to Reach, but I think in the collective mainstream and less less the the Halo nerds like our like ourselves it, it looked more like a sequel to Halo 3 because that's what it is. So uh, just insane. Like I that- told you the other day, it's like it's got to be tough to go from, you know, it, you know, it's like they're going in and kind of having to build off of someone else's DNA strand, you know, and try to somehow put their own identity onto that too. That's just got to be insurmountable. Like I've been yeah. doing that for three years without anyone like seeing it. You just, you, you know, you're, you're in the trenches yeah. just building and building and building and you, you know, You've obviously got some kind of user research going on and everything, but uh, it's not until you actually have this massive event, show it off to the world, where you can finally kind of exhale briefly before you got to suck it up again and you got to get back to work. <laughs> it really puts it into perspective that, ah, okay, cool. <laughs> yeah, I, I think like it's really easy to like to 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 notice like shortcomings instead of like where they really dodged a bullet. Like I, I think one thing that just I look back on, I think it's just so intelligent is the way they. They kind of downscaled the uh, the story after three. Like, hmm. I think it's tempting for a lot of people to go bigger and better. And like, you know, Halo Four could have been we're fighting an even bigger threat, and we're like, because now let me let me preface. I know the didact himself as a single entity is a bigger. Threat, I know what you're saying. Yeah, collectively he wasn't. Is it fair to say, Alex? I mean, the didact wasn't as big of a threat himself as yeah, the entirety yeah. of the Covenant. It's not like, you know, galactic genocide that we're talking about, that kind of scale. It's, uh, it, you know, they scale it all down to Chief and Cortana and then yeah. everything that sort of goes on around them. Yeah. I've definitely seen it as more of an intimate story, even even when it's antagonist. It's just much more like the stakes are bigger, but like the scale is like smaller kind of feels like yeah because they finally got more of a kind of personal stake in what's actually going on you kind of you know you look back at halo 2 and 3 and the broad kind of threat is you know protect humanity rather than bringing it down to like chief and cortana really kind of fighting for each other uh in this one and then by the time that halo 4 ends it kind of ties it up into a bow where it just feels like this great epilogue experience to halo trilogy yeah absolutely 
that's a good way to look at it. When you guys mentioned that in one of the previous episodes, I, I, it's like changed my perspective on that. I'm like, yeah, I can kind of see that as that less of a sort of, I don't know. It's a nice tether of like kind of feeling like it's for me, it, it's giving me closure on that legendary ending of Halo three, but then also kind of like setting it into the new territory. Yeah. Cause obviously you look at Halo five now and you know, obviously you say like, well, it, it didn't really continue a lot of stuff from before, did it? Um, so then kind of realign how you sort of think of it. It's like, okay, so four is kind of more a continuation epilogue of what was set up in Halo 3 that obviously didn't deal with. And then you close that kind of experience and launch into something new. Mm-hmm. And and to, uh, and Alex was so excited that what they were launching into new was the created storyline. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I just, can you, can you imagine if Halo 4, like Halo 4 came out and we, you know, we're like four missions in and we, we're on the infinity and we meet we meet Lasky for the first time and Lasky goes, Somehow the prophet of truth returned. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just like he's back and you gotta fight more covenant than ever and it's bigger scale than Halo Three. It's like in uh, in Halo Five, you know, when, when you see the Promethean soldiers drive and Locke's like, They drive now? They drive oh, now. They drive now. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, wow. Oh, first, I love first, this, but I hate it at Disney, the same time. <laughs> first Disney copied Halo Reach with Rogue One, and then they oh, copied man. Halo 5 with Rise of Skywalker. Copy oh, from the best. Yeah. Uh, July 2nd, um, there was a Ford Unto Dawn live action trailer released. Uh, as camera pans from bullet shell casings on the ground fading in and out of black. Marching, shul, uh, marching soldiers can be heard chanting, Hell jumper, hell jumper, where have you, where been? Have you been? Please burst into hell and back again. When I die, please bury my, please bury me deep. I messed that up, guys. I'm so sorry. <laughs> With the MA5 down by my feet. Boom. Yeah. Um, as this finishes, the camera pans to the Master Chief himself as he turns toward the camera. Ford Unto Dawn displays on the screen. Do you guys remember that trailer? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Crystal clear. I don't think I. I don't think you I don't, do remember do it. Which is, it's a shame. It's a shame. Yeah. Now I. You know, now it's all coming back to me. That Josh put on a play. Yeah, that's right. Little, little uh, I really back. love that. Uh, that's sort all of like that squad chant because uh, that appears in Forward Unto Dawn itself. Of course, when they're sort of like marching around uh, Corbulo Academy, and just it's mm-hmm. it's got that energy that Halo has, right? That very grounded sort of military kind of aesthetic where. Uh, you, you you immediately feel you're like right back at home with your the people that you play multiplayer with. Yeah. Yeah, I gotta yeah. say I think, you know, like I said from the moment I first saw the first episode of Ford and Dawn, I loved it. I thought it was so good. But I think before I saw any of it, there's that part of me that goes, Well, I've seen how video game movie stuff turns out. It's mm-hmm. probably gonna be bad. It's probably gonna be bad. <laughs> and I think that's the last time I ever had that thought in regards to Halo live action. Mm-hmm. Because um, now we're in a similar situation again. Like we were, you know, so we were talking about with the infinite hype and the Halo 4 hype, but now we're in a similar, situ- similar situation again where it's like we're starting to see and hear a little bit more about the Halo TV show. Mm. And you see a lot of pessimism out there for that show for a myriad of, myriad of reasons. And Josh Josh and I, and I assume Alex, uh, have not been... Yeah, no, actually, I don't assume. I've seen I've seen Alex post on Twitter. <laughs> none, of, none of us feel that way. We, we're very optimistic for it. And from the very beginning, it's just kind of been like, you know, let's... let's uh, Let's have the 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 best hope we can have in it, and then see what comes of it. I mean, it's we're excited. Different. It's such a different medium to tell that story, and I'm just they can tell whatever story they want to tell. I don't need them to adhere to canon. They can change whatever they want. I'm just excited to kind of see that stuff in live action again. You know, and it's a different way to explore the universe. It's like you know when you think about like how Marvel or uh, DC does their different storylines. The comics aren't all connected. There's different ones. There's 
timeline crossovers yeah. and Star Wars has the legends and you know it, I'm I'm not saying this is going to be less than the regular canon or more than but like I'm just excited. It just needs to, to be a good show first and foremost. Yeah, it reminds me very form. much of uh, you know when Halo Legends first came out and people were like oh this can't be canon this doesn't work and here we are over 10 years later 12 years now and people love it. It's like <laughs> some people's favorite piece of Halo media. You've still how much people talking about like the duel and stuff like that like oh how was, how badass was that or at the time people were like this is the worst thing ever I hate it. Yeah, it's weird. Halo, yeah. To Halo's credited, everything seems to age fine. <laughs> very well. <laughs> like, very well. But but at first, people are like, oh, this isn't like the experience I've been used to for X amount of years. Yeah. That's crazy. Um, July 6th, there was a YouTube video, Halo 4 E3 2012 multiplayer wrap-up. Uh, I know there's probably not too much to say about this one, but um, uh, the description read, At E3 2012, we invited some of the world's top MLG players to come to a special event to try Halo 4's Infinity multiplayer for the first time. Players went head-to-head with two game modes, Infinity Slayer and Regicide, across our three newly revealed maps, Haven, Adrift, and Longbow. People like Walshy, Mason Cobb, and more discussed the new scoring system in that, ordnance drops, and more. So um, if we can just chat a little about multiplayer here, what is your guys' like general thoughts on Halo 4's multiplayer? Like, Is there any specific mode that's new, like Ricochet or Regicide, something you guys really like? Any favorite maps, anything like that? I played the hell out of Regicide. I loved Regicide. Loved it. One of my favorite sort of new modes that uh, that four introduced. Four introduced a lot of really cool new modes. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dominion yeah. as well. Halo Four's multiplayer does not get enough credit at all. Yeah, like, it's yeah. mostly just yeah, looked sure. at it as a some bad of that one. Kind of, yeah, it loses some of that kind of competitive edge. Sure, um, I, I don't mind too much personally. You know, I I think that um, what was really important to me was that uh, they should have launched the game with like legendary slayer where you've got all the armor abilities and that sort of taken out so it's just that core kind of gunplay experience because mm-hmm. the gunplay in halo 4 is some of the best in the series i think it's uh, still quite fun yeah it, it it just like the strafing the sort of speed that you move at it just feels really good so when you kind of cut those extraneous elements you've got a pretty decent evolution of kind of the classic halo multiplayer um but you know, beyond that, I really, I just remember having a lot of fun. Like every time, you know, Exile came up for big team battle, I was like, "Let's go, let's do it." Another match. <laughs> yeah. I was that's something I was about to say is like, you know, I think we took it for granted back when Halo Four came out that that game had had awesome big team battle, and we just expected that because all the Halo big team battles before were awesome. Mm. But then you get to five, and they really, you know, I know Warzone's its own thing, but. As far as like regular big team battle, they kind of dropped the ball on that in Halo Five. So when you see how just just how uh, gracefully they pulled off awesome big team battle with new maps in Halo Four, you're like, wow, they did a really good job on that. Yeah, you know. I'm really thinking all the more recently uh, playing some MCC, just how much like I really do love BTB. As I've gotten older, I've gotten more competitive with the Halo multiplayer. But I go back and play that, and I'm like, this is why I actually really love the multiplayer in Halo. It's, well, it's the more it, the big team kind of feel I get, the more casual, like, crazy anarchy that's going on. It's so weird, like, because Josh yeah. and I have been playing MCC this last week, and, like, it's one of those things where, like, we're playing MCC, and we're doing, like, big team battle across, you know, Halo 3, Halo Reach, Halo 4, whatever, having a lot of fun. And we're talking and laughing, and then we're like, let's try some Halo 5. And we go to Halo 5 to do 4v4, and we get... We get really quiet, we get super engaged, and it's this super fun, competitive 4v4. Mm. And it's almost like if you're in that 4v4 mindset, you kind of forget 
at least for me and Josh, you kind of forget that Halo 5's multiplayer has any problems because it feels so damn good. But then when you want that kind of social big team battle experience and a lot of those other modes, it's almost like you don't even you don't even have Halo 5 in the conversation as much as MCC. Yeah, as, you know, credit to the Forgers who have made some really awesome maps. But, you know, there's a degree sure. to which you just think like mm, it's not just it's just not the same when you've got those like mm -hmm. sand trap kind of maps or exile or whatever it may be that you're uh, that you're really excited to play. Well, it makes me it makes me look at each one as its own entity and kind of just appreciate it for what it is rather than trying to compare it and stuff like that. Because, yeah, I mean, if I go from Halo 5 and I go back to 4, Halo 4 has more of a social feel to it, I think, in terms of its broadness and what they're doing. And, like, I actually really enjoy it for that now way more than I used to. And I still love things like Promethean Vision. I, I freaking love that um, so much and some of those abilities. And when I get an opportunity to call in an ordinance drop in 2021, I'm like... Pfft. Heck yeah, give me that real gun. You yeah. know, I'm going to take it. So, I mean, that's all. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yes. Love that song. <laughs> uh, that's one of my, that's probably one of my favorite 343 weapons, mm. I got to say. But, um, okay. Uh, well, what, what's your guys' favorite multiplayer map just in general in Halo 4? You have to go first, Alex. I have to think about it. I oh, I'm quite... lame. It's Haven. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I want to say one that's not Haven. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's the lamest answer. Yeah, but it's obviously a very good map and it's a very pretty map. But um, I really like uh, Abandon, which is uh, which actually showed up in Kelly Gay's Halo Point of Light. is now integrated into the into the canon for sort of something that happens there. That's neat. Um, it's got those creatures kind of in stasis in the sort of UNSC bases. It's got that left side where you've got all the sort of like the weird looking trees, which have got the purple lights in the middle of them. It's just got this really cool kind of like almost flood like kind of atmosphere, but without any of the, the flood being there. That, that's one that I just feel plays really well for any kind of mode. SWAT is super fun on it. You, you regular slay. You've got the objective games. It's just like they did a really good job in four of of doing that. And Skyline is another one. Um, oh, I love Skyline. Skyline. I can't remember which competitive championship it was, but I just remember watching that very final match between two players, and uh, it was on Skyline. They're going around with like the bolt shot and the shotgun and everything. I'm just like, oh, I'm really into this. I'm not. I'm not normally like somebody who gets a lot out of watching competitive kind of multiplayer stuff i like to be playing it myself um but there was that one particular match for the finals where i tuned in and i was like this is really good yeah it's it's great you know what's crazy is uh i think i mentioned this in the podcast before but so in halo the the build-up to halo 4's launch i worked at a huge warehouse one of the biggest warehouses in the country uh i think it's it was like over a mile long this warehouse so there's a lot of people working there and i had every warehouse. yeah i had everybody i could get everybody i passed just in passing give me their mountain dew caps because of the double xp for <laughs> halo 4 so when halo 4 launched i had logged like three four hundred matches worth of double xp and you know multiplayer i'm a campaign guy even though i play a lot of multiplayer i'm more mostly campaign guy so the crazy mm -hmm. thing is when MCC came out with Halo 4 in it, I still had double XP matches because <laughs> it was only two years later. I still have that with Destiny, uh, Destiny 2, some of the, I can't remember, the mode of lights, I think it is, that you got from the Pop-Tarts. <laughs> it was like the double XP stuff, yeah. Now it's the the MOA, the MOA chips. Oh, yes. MOA chips. The MOA burgers. Yeah. Uh, you had so me, every time I, As soon as I saw that, I thought... America. <laughs> like, <laughs> I've not had any yet. Uh, I might have some on the way. Um, 
Are they are they in where you where you live? Do they sell them there? They are they are not. I don't think uh, I've not I've, I've not seen any, but uh, I might have been well, sent some. Let, I might let, be doing. Let this. us know. <laughs> let us know if this person the person who might send them to you isn't able to, and then I can try to send you some. <laughs> Sounds good. Make that happen. Yeah. Um, moving forward, uh, on July seventh, there is a Halo Four panel from RTX twenty twelve at the Austin Convention Center right. in Austin, Texas. Um, with Max Hoberman as one of the panelists, a certain affinity is revealed to be working alongside 343 for Halo 4. The only other thing I have from this is three Forge environments are confirmed. There's a lot of Forge talk here. More visual confirmation on what you're grabbing, the ability to duplicate a magnet system to better align objects. Forge objects uh, now accept and cast shadows in the environment. And there's trait zones that can affect the Spartan's ability. So um, I don't really have anything else too much for Forge, but just for the, the fans of Forge uh, that are listening. Yeah, Where they does, showed uh, a Halo- 40 minute demo. Um, yes. Yeah. Which was really cool. <laughs> it was really cool. I actually really enjoyed watching that. They got super goofy in that too, which <laughs> that was probably the funniest panel I've seen mm. for sure from Halo. But uh, where does Halo 4's Forge stack for you guys in your opinion compared to the others? Yeah, so obviously people know me as like campaign story guy, but you know, back in the day, I used to be really into Forge. You know, I learned all the tricks in Halo Three, interlocking, geo merging, all that stuff. Used to love <laughs> doing that. I spent hours and hours and hours making maps to just you know play with friends and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, so Forge was something I was super excited about. You know, they obviously upped the ante and reach with Forge World and all the all the things that they they added there, <laughs> and the pressure was very much on for Three for Three to not just you know improve forge uh, well sorry not just to you know implement forge in this next game but improve upon it as well um and in some ways they did and in some ways i think that they kind of you know dropped the ball a little bit with how some of the systems worked like the magnets super awesome idea unfortunately they didn't work properly all the time there were several pieces where <laughs> they wouldn't connect properly uh, okay. and that was that was unfortunate forge. Oh, um but uh, I think they later improved on that whole system in Halo 2 Anniversary's Forge, uh, and especially when they introduced scripting as well. But um, yeah, Halo 4's Forge, it was kind of a mixed bag, I think. Isn't, the, isn't it looked at as one of the lesser forges of yeah, Halo? Yeah, yeah you know, re- relative to what you can do in some of the other ones, it kind of, uh, some of its systems and the maps that you have as well to forge on aren't quite as variable as, uh, as some of the other ones in the series so it, it's probably on the lower scale though i was i was gonna say uh not not to uh, undersell them at all because they're they're awesome on their own but are you guys on the same page or it almost feels like certain affinity is like forever a satellite halo studio you know <laughs> yeah. like yeah they they're they're just their halo runs in their blood from day zero mm. and they're still to this day they're helping with infinite now again well i like that know? i like that uh, if 343 is a body one of their arms is max hoberman <laughs> i just feel like he's always somehow associated with them and finds his way to to, to work on some halo project that dude's good at being humble because oh, yeah. in my opinion max hoberman has like changed gaming forever like big time i mean oh sure josh if you want to just i'm sure most people listening understand what i mean by that already but like what did max hoberman do for the oh i mean the whole idea of the lobby system the party system the way matchmaking was formulated i mean everything that we've pretty much come to accept as the status quo in multiplayer games today had its dna in halo 2 by way of max hoberman and i mean Going back to look at that at the time, I mean, I have so many 
ridiculously stupid fond memories of staying in lobbies like in the Carnage Report, the post-game lobby, where you're trash-talking. And in Halo 2, it didn't just kick you out and throw you into another one. You had to actually back out manually. But, I mean, sitting there in friends with custom games. Like, I can remember coming into a lobby and, you know, you got all those, like, prepubescent boys that, that are all like... <laughs> making all the weird noises and shit and it was so i mean it was so ridiculous and so funny and it just spawned such a good time and i mean i I think for me that's a huge part of halo 2's legacy what formulates so so much nostalgia for me is getting to see that stuff is is seeing it now and looking back as to where it started because it went from land parties to now for me to these lobbies with people that I didn't know that I was talking to. It's just crazy. We, we, we take it for granted nowadays, but it was mind-blowing to think. I remember that. when um, the last achievement I needed in Halo 3 to get the security helmet was the two-for-one with the Spartan laser. Ah, yes. Yeah. <laughs> and I just remember going into a Lone Wolves match. Uh, this must have been like in 2008, I think it was like mid 2008 and I was just like really trying to get this this achievement it was just was not happening <laughs> so I thought give me naughty and ask somebody in the lobby <laughs> whether they want to get it with me been there <laughs> of this lone wolf and and some people agreed some people didn't and they said oh we're going to stop you <laughs> so <laughs> some of us when we spawn in you know we run straight up to the tower to to pick up the spartan laser thankfully i'm the first person to pick it up so i'm like shit yeah i'm gonna get it i'm gonna get it um and then you know two other people joined me i was like oh thank god but just as i was about to start like firing off somebody else is like coming up the ramp and they start firing on us i'm like oh shit yeah. gotta go gotta make yeah. this fast so i managed to do it but the achievement popped like 10 seconds later and i was just like is it gonna is it gonna have i done it <laughs> see and it's funny because like it's like on one hand that's not how they intended for you to get it but at the other t- on the other hand maybe they consider I mean, they probably considered people would do that and it was a fun enjoyable memorable experience anyway doing that yeah make yeah. your own fun and how you got it no definitely I, I think that's the beauty of that kind of stuff and how they that was the beauty of achievements too that doesn't get talked about enough but in halo 3 that was definitely an interesting time being the I used to have stuff. max I, I got when Halo 3 launched I got all the achievements I was maxed out but then they kept adding more and then I just <laughs> I quit I can't I can't keep up yeah no, I get that um July 14th at a uh, Halo 4 fiction panel from SDCC 2012 at the San Diego Convention Center there was a lot of good stuff from this guys but uh, a lot of stuff we've already kind of gone over more or less so I wanted to narrow this down for Brian and Alex out of respect uh, one thing I have from this though Frank O'Connor said a thing we found out at Halo anniversary last year is that Jen Taylor and Steve Downs had never actually met, <laughs> let alone actually acted together. And for Halo 4, this is the first time those actors have actually acted together with each other. So all the conversations they've had in the past have been one way. Uh, I, I feel like this is common knowledge now, but like, yeah. it's weird to imagine back then. Hmm. Did you guys know that? Like, as that news kind of came out? I or didn't. Was it, did you, yeah. Alex? Uh, I did know that, never, that they'd never met, no. It's yeah, so weird. You, just, you guys just think about all these iconic moments, you know, you love between Cortana and Chief, yeah. and they're talking, they're saying these things, and they're not, they don't even know that the other person, they're not, the person, the person's not there. You don't think about it. Yeah, you don't think it's about some, it. It's some random bozo like Josh or I on the other <laughs> side of Jen Taylor who's like, okay, you know, I'm going to say, uh, how close, how close were we, you know, defusing the bomb? And then you say, you know, you don't want to know. And she just says it to some random bozo. And then he later applies the Steve Downs. And then you get these iconic moments between these two people had didn't met, never met. But 
man, did that did that make it even more like firing on all cylinders in mm-hmm. Halo Four? And that it chemistry did. just lit up. It kind of reminds me. It's kind of a, probably a weird comparison, but. Uh, despite it not being the best movie ever, the amazing Spider-Man films, that Emma Stone and Andrew Garfield chemistry they had, the the, the love yeah. chemistry, oh, it was, was just so freaking on fire. That's kind of how I feel like Cortana and Chief were in Halo 4. Because obviously it's like it's a credit to them as actors that, you know, you don't think of that in the original trilogy, like, oh, they're, they're not recording together at all, like they're separate or whatever, because, you know, that chemistry is definitely there. But when you get to four, it is that like, it's almost like a quantum leap in terms of the interactions and everything that they have. And my favorite part of it, of like, of all of this, is that Steve and Jen have basically become best friends since. Yes. Like, when they've gone to like New Zealand yes. together, to Hobbiton and everything, it's like, ah, oh, it's just so wholesome. It is great because it almost makes you feel like you can't believe that they weren't there from day one because it's like, I mean, 2000, oh, I guess it was, they met, was it 2011 at Halo Fest? Is that when they met? Okay, so it's only been 10 years for a 20-year-old franchise. They've even known each other, really, and it, and they're such good friends. Yeah, it is wholesome. Uh, super, super wholesome. Uh, also from this, cinematic terminals were confirmed to be in Halo 4. Guys, what is your opinion on the terminals in Halo 4? Uh, Alex, Alex got to take you. this one away. Yeah. Oh, yes, 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 yes. Uh, obviously, the, the terminals in Halo 3 were really cool. Unfortunately, they just weren't readable in the game because you had seven seconds to read that first sort of like 10 pages that they give you before it like zooms off to something else um so you're talking about halo oh i'm sorry i interrupt you're talking about halo 3 right yeah 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 and then in halo anniversary you know they evolved that into okay let's do like some motion comics cinematic stuff and that told the story of guilty spark uh and obviously that sets off everything in motion for 343's kind of take on the series and then of course we get to halo 4 where it's like all right didact backstory and forerunner saga stuff which we've got to condense down into like 15 minutes of a story which kind of you know sets everything in motion for this game i think they did a really good job i think they did a really fantastic job of summarizing that uh, that story uh, the sort of the essential kind of beats around the the didact and librarian and what was going on with the ancient humanity and everything it's like you watch that and you just think you know there's a whole other part of the universe which we know basically nothing about that we're just getting this little glimpse into in this very kind of mm-hmm. hazy dreamlike sequence uh, and sequence the sequence group who actually made those terms did a fantastic job i really hope we see them again yeah i think it's you know i i'm sure there's and there's nothing wrong with this opinion i'm sure there's some there's probably some edgy people out there who go halo 3 terminals were the best but like, I just gotta be real, guys. You just like, can't see about like, roll my eyes. If, that, if you like that though, out there, that's awesome. Yeah, the three, the three, four, three brought the terminals to another level. I mean, when you're playing Halo Three for the first time and you're seeing those text terminals that pass by quickly, like, just imagine if someone told you in the future you're gonna get these super detailed visuals with this deep telling, you know, of, of the story that you're gonna get to see these videos that play. Um, I mean, that's just a goldmine. Like, I think if we all just sat down right now and watched. Combat Evolved Anniversary, Halo 2 Anniversary, and Halo 4's Terminals all in one go. That's probably like, I don't know, 45 minutes plus of footage or something like that? I think that'd be like an hour and a half, actually, altogether. Okay, so that's a lot. Um, And then what's really cool, I know you can definitely probably get Alex on a soapbox of how awesome this is, (laughs) is that you can now watch those in MCC right from the game. Yes, 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 yes. (laughs) Because you used to have to go to... 
Halo Channel. And if you guys don't know, Halo Channel is this ancient artifact that was found in an Egyptian tomb that uh, you know nobody knows about. <laughs> if anymore. they bring that back for, if they somehow reveal that at some point this year, they should just be like, an ancient evil awakens. Yeah, <laughs> it's Halo funny because like, um, yeah. obviously we had Halo Waypoint back in the day uh, on Xbox 360. That was a completely different experience. Everyone loved Waypoint because so you cool. got to earn like rewards from it, and it was like this central kind of hub for all things halo on the xbox 360 that you know they released halo legends on that first you'd tune in every week uh i think it was on saturdays uh where they would drop an episode uh over the over the course of like seven weeks it'd be like oh let's see that and then let's earn some avatar awards for for you know on the xbox and then let's get like a certain helmet in reach or whatever let's enter the code from this book and i'll get like the audio epilogue to silentium and some xp and everything it just felt like this really kind of holistic place where everyone would gather, which Halo Channel, unfortunately, didn't manage to, to recapture there. No. I wanted to love it so much, though. So, so much. Yeah, I, wouldn't it be just, like, so nostalgic and so awesome if, like, a few months before Infinite, they're like, we're bringing back Halo Waypoint on Xbox Series X. Oh, and my it's gonna, God! Uh, <laughs> then they'll be like, we're going to also, we're also going to close down Halo Channel. It's dead. And we'll be like, it's been dead for years. What are you talking about? <laughs> And it just has the same aesthetic as original Halo Waypoint. Mm. Oh, that'd be so cool. That would be neat. Uh, July 16th, um, there was a new campaign in Halo Infinity multiplayer panel from SDCC um, there in 2012. The one thing, um, uh, two things I actually have from this to pull. As Frank said, this one in particular I love personally, being someone uh, who's gone through this, guys, and, and has learned uh, so much more about Halo 4. Frank said... We're working simultaneously with Greg Bear and the rest, building a real Forerunner history and sort of a practical exploration of Forerunner armed forces, as it were, and the Forerunners, of course, were as, they, as we left them before the Halo Array fired, fighting the Flood. So that's why their materials and their tools and their weapons were designed for combat, which is why, for example, the Scattershot literally incinerates foes and opponents rather than just kills them and has to destroy all the biological mass so the Flood can't resurrect. And we'll point out the flood is not in the game. Uh, that particularly, I just think is cool. I love when there's like a, that. There's such a on a foundational level. There's a narrative aspect and a reasoning, a justification for the weapons kind of working the way they do. What are you guys' favorite forerunner weapons in that game? I don't know, there's not too many, but light rifle, light rifle. I do love the light rifle, yeah. But the scatter shot as well. Just like when you pick it up for that first time and the way it assembles, like the, the different sort of seconds yeah! together. It's like dum, yeah. Dum, dum. Like, oh yeah, let's use this. I notice that more and more nowadays. Like, oh man, that that they did they did so well with that. They did mm. so well with that. Even if no one likes them, like it just I love the the work they put on that. Um at this yeah, one. Remember, oh, go ahead. I was just gonna say, I just say I remember yeah. I remember when Halo 5 was approaching, I thought, you know, a lot of the Promethean weapons I wasn't huge on in Halo 4, so I was like, I'd be okay if they're not in five, but then I was like, oh, but I love the light rifle so much, I, mm. I gotta have that return. Um, it's just the light rifle is just so awesome to me. I yeah, in Halo Five, it. it's like three headshots, and it's it yeah, takes they changed out. they made it quite different for Five, but I still loved it just as much, honestly. So well, that's the thing is when I go into Halo Five's multiplayer and I see all the four normal weapons, the palette is so well balanced that like every one of those weapons uh, make me still feel as powerful as if I had uh, UNSC weapons or Covenant weapons and stuff like that, like the suppressor and, and things like that. And just even the the pistol, I will. I'll put it this way. Um, in Halo 5, if I'm picking, uh, if I got the UNSC pistol, I will sometimes completely pass on picking up a battle rifle because I feel more in control with that pistol. Right. However, if I see the uh, 
I forget the name of it, guys. I'm sorry, but um, the the forerunner pistol. If I see uh, that bolt shot. bolt shot, yeah, thank you, the bolt shot. Uh, I I will go out of my way to pick that one up. Mm. I feel good with it. I feel powerful with it. Like I love pocket shotgun. Yeah. yeah. Um, also on this uh, limited edition Halo Four branded Xbox 360 console is revealed and will be available alongside Halo 4's November 6th launch. Some deets for you guys out there. The $399 bundle includes a Halo 4 themed 320 gigabyte Xbox 360 with custom sound effects, two Halo 4 skin controllers, a wired Xbox 360 headset, and a copy of the standard edition of Halo 4. The console's ring of light and the Xbox guide button on each controller will go I'm sorry, glow blue instead of green. The bodies of both the console and the controller are translucent. In addition, the bundle comes with tokens for exclusive Xbox Live avatar content and in-game DLC. Microsoft is also selling a different Halo 4-themed controller. The UNSC-branded gray white controller will retail for $60, also starting November 6th. Did you guys like that console? I did. I really like the design of uh, of the console itself. It's got the cool sort of Forerunner kind of patterning on it, um, which just looked really nice. I never got a uh, a custom kind of console like that. I always just had <laughs> replaced my uh, 360 Elite probably about three or four times in the in the <laughs> decade I had it. Um, so I never actually got it, um, but uh, I did. I did like the look of it. Yeah, I, it was pretty cool. Um, it's crazy to think that the Xbox Series S that just came out latest and greatest was a hundred dollars cheaper than that bundle. <laughs> yeah, but if you, it's crazy to look at that and you look at everything that comes with that. We don't even get nowadays. Like I remember when the yeah. Xbox Ones didn't. Some people would have a headset in their console that would come with, and other ones, at least here in the states, didn't have it. Mm-hmm. Other ones were like, "You got a headset? I didn't even yeah. get a headset." For for me, I mean, I know. For some collectors out there, it makes a lot of sense. But for me, I just it, it became impractical to buy special edition consoles because you know you, you get the you get the Halo one, you get the Halo Reach. The Halo Reach one came out two years before, prior to the Halo Four one, and it had special features and sounds and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. So you get your Halo Reach one. Well, then what do you do? Do you get the Halo Four one? You upgrade it, and there's like there's Gears of War ones, and there's all these different consoles, and like only yeah. because I think of my Halo Three one that I got in the other room, and I I think about how just like I mean I love it. But it's it's so plain by comparison. It's just this olive green. And That's actually my favorite. Yeah, yeah I, I love it. One. But I just yeah. mean like it's the other ones that have come after have gotten so much more like detailed and interesting and nuanced and stuff. Yeah. Whereas it's just like. You know, they should just, they should uh they should make a, a special edition xbox series x that's modeled like one of the weird helmets from halo 5's customization it's like a, like a unicorn like a, don't yeah do <laughs> don't do that <laughs> uh last thing from this is during the q a to great applause armor lock is confirmed to be out people freaked out alex is so happy about this <laughs> how'd you feel about that alex <sighs> <laughs> what a relief! <laughs> Could you guys hear that? What a relief! <laughs> okay, hot. Okay, potentially hot take here. I want you to tell me what you guys think. Um, I love that reaction, by the way. Barring all competitiveness, okay, wasn't armor lock fun? No. <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, I think the idea of it was more fun than the execution. Because for me, it's like when you saw some of the. Some of the vid doc like footage of where like someone like a warthog's coming at them and like they slam down and then the warthog just you know kind of splits in two basically like that stuff made it seem like oh that's gonna be so cool like I'll have a way to defend myself against an oncoming vehicle but like the ratio of stuff like that happening where it actually was practical and made sense compared to 
you know, I'm going to keep using it, you know, where this guy's got my shield down and then his buddy comes in and finishes me off while I'm waiting for him to, you know, for his uh, armor lock to drain. It just... It just put a dead halt to the gameplay. It, yeah, it literally, like, it literally put a pause to it. Like, if, if you and I are there in a standoff and you're using that and I'm standing there waiting, like, you know, watching the clock, waiting for the time to run out so you can do that. And by that point, other people, like, stuff is still going on. The multiplayer's, the whole idea of that is it's supposed to be superfluous. Like, it's supposed to be constantly moving and there's supposed to be stuff going on. That literally put a, a pause. It hit pause. It's fine in campaign. Like, you know, if you want to use it on vehicles there, it's absolutely fine. But in multiplayer, does not work just at all. It's it's horrible. So when they no said, problem. no, we're getting rid of it, I was like, yeah, good. Uh, I much, <laughs> prefer, much prefer in three where a vehicle's coming at you and you might throw down a grav lift and it will oh, sail over your head. And, uh, you know, so from, satisfying. Yeah, exactly. I, I much prefer that because that changes the encounter, gives you like a second chance to kind of like either escape or whatever. It's it's kind of a neutral kind of thing that happens. It doesn't, sure. you know, alter, alter the, the game in any way. Whereas Armor Lock is like, oh, you've just blown up that vehicle. Okay, cool. Right. <laughs> it, pa- it pains me to know that, and this would be a f- cool idea for, for Photon. I haven't talked to that guy in such a, such a long time now. Photon, meme lord Photon. To just, it pains me to know that if somebody took like the Halo Five cover art and put Alex's face on one of the Spartans and me on the other, and it was Alex versus Brian, uh, no, Poncho Chief or oh, yeah. Armor Lock, <laughs> it pains me to know that that Alex would win by a landslide. <laughs> I, I mostly see people being like, you know, Poncho Chief was pretty cool, and I'm like, Michael Scott, no, and then. <laughs> Nobody talks good about armor. They should make so. me that guy. Select <laughs> yeah. like the box chief. Uh, August eighth, via Halo Waypoint, uh, twin gameplay videos are released showing off both familiar and new weaponry in gameplay. With one video focused on just the sound of the weapons themselves, and the other having dubstep. Do you guys remember these videos? And just I, the only reason I put this in my notes was because I just. Remember when dubstep was like all the rage? It's oh, yes. so weird to think of that being synonymous with Halo, but now I'm like, it's it's crazy. Yeah, the, the, I actually really liked the UNSC one because there's this one particular bit, I think is around the time they show the sticky detonator. It was like, oh, this is this sounds quite nice. But otherwise, I, I am not into that genre at all, personally. I'm not either, personally. Yeah. Yeah, I remember there was a little bit of dubstep in the last episode or two of The Mandalorian. And I just remember <laughs> some... This guy from the from Blue Harvest podcast we listened to the Star Wars podcast. Like, he was like just that. like, yeah. he's like, I've never hated Star Wars music in my life. Really? Until- <laughs> I loved that. It was great. I did too. I did too. Yeah, it fit the it fit the uh, what do you call them? The robot, the sh- uh, shadow, uh, the, the dark, dark troopers. troopers. Yeah. yeah, 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 for sure. But yeah, I, I went through, I went through that phase too. I remember being like 2012, 13 or something. I would be like, I'd be playing Minecraft, listening to Skrillex. <laughs> well, I can say, I mean, looking back, I mean, maybe it's rose tinted glasses, but. It seems like they were very much in touch with kind of what was uh, relevant at the time. What was, what was current, kind of <laughs> modern. Yeah, yeah. yes. <laughs> yes. But in funny. certain ways, that was a bad thing because they were also current with like ordnance drops and, 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 and you know, unlimited sprint and sure. all that stuff yeah. that people didn't like about the multiplayer. But anyway, yeah. go on. As time would progress, I don't have it in my notes, but as time would progress, they would have um, one showing off Covenant weaponry and stuff like that. Again, with dubstep and without dubstep. So, but uh, yeah, super funny. Uh, moving on, uh, wow, we're getting through this good. Um, August 21st, there was a video, The Magic of Halo, in a dialogue-free 2 minutes and 35 second video accompanying only by score, were shown peaks behind the production of designers at their tables, drawing up sketches, 
Taking Notes, uh, the musicians at Abbey Road Studios, mocap behind the scenes, and so much more, and very much what appeared to be a sizzle of witches and warlocks at 343 working on crafting the spell that is Halo 4. Do you guys remember that video? Yeah, this is what we discussed uh, last time. It's that um, the working at 343 one, but this was just the variation um, without any sort of like voiceover in it. Right, right. Yeah, I love seeing that, and I love, as a Beatles fan, anytime I see a game mm. uh, involved with Abbey Road Studios, I'm <laughs> all for it. So I get this, like, biasness <laughs> toward it. It's just like, crazy it's just... how much nowadays I think of the Halo 4 soundtrack as, like, a chef's kiss. Whereas when I when I first played Halo 4, I liked it day one, but I was just like, oh, it's good, but it's not Marty. I had that very, very lame fan reaction of just, like, this could literally be the finest composed work of all time. And the fact that it doesn't have Marty's name on it means it's lesser. But then as the years went on, I'm just like, man, Halo 4 soundtrack just slapped, hit all the right notes for that game. And, you know, even if it's not my number one favorite soundtrack, I think the argument to is there to be made that it could be it would make sense. It's someone's favorite, mm-hmm. you know, it well, offers something. I'm glad really you brought awesome. that up, Brian, because just a day later. There was an IGN article. Listen to the Halo 4 soundtrack right now. And both the official and deluxe edition soundtrack art were revealed. Um, Neil uh, had to say, uh, For the most part, I'd have to prepare myself much like I'd imagine a method actor would. I'd immerse myself in the characters in whichever theme I was composing. The environment, the various imagery that the guys at 343 had created. I found the still images to be the most powerful writing tools to get me in the right frame of mind. But at times, I'd also listen to some of the dialogue that had been recorded for some of the characters. So I'd get the tone of the characters, the voice in my head. I'd get the gravity of that particular character right. Often, I'd just try and amass all this stuff in my head, get my heart in the right place, and go from there, and not tie myself to the visual side of things. Then I'd present on average two, maybe three approaches to each mission to the guys at 343, and they would make a selection. Guys, um, bigger now is a good time. What is Where does Halo 4 stack for you in terms of uh, soundtracks and uh, in, in terms of the Halo soundtracks specifically? But also, do you have a you know one or two particular standout tracks? That are well, it's my favorite. <laughs> it's your favorite. <laughs> As I think you guys know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so w- around this time when they released the soundtrack samples, um, I actually wrote a review um, for somebody else's website. He's still part of the Halo community today, actually. Uh, shout out to Max Real Flugel. Um, oh, nice. And I, I really loved it. But in one of the sort of tracks, I think it was Requiem um, or Legacy. I think it was Legacy. Um, I sort of like described the kind of images it evoked in my mind, um, you know, of like being in this kind of epic sort of forerunner cathedral and, uh, you know, sort of getting the grandeur, the scale of their civilization. Oh, I can see that. And that's how it plays in the game. <laughs> yeah. it's, it plays when you go into the, the cartographer room uh, in the second mission. And, um, you know, you've got the, the sort of the, the wall on the side where the where nature is slowly kind of reclaiming it you've got the rocks and the sort of like the moss on the walls and you you look up and it's got the sort of like the pyramid kind of shape to it all the sentinels kind of buzzing around uh, and of course you see the the symbol for the mantle there and everything and i was just like this is this is exactly how i imagined it <laughs> <laughs> well was there i was going to ask you for you particularly, was there a moment when you're listening to this for the first time or even just a specific track where you're like, okay, I really love this. 
Like where it just really was there a moment where it really hit a specific track or anything? Yeah. Or was it just all together? Well, it was pretty much all together. But I think when you know hearing like back to back, you know, Requiem, Legacy, Arrival, and everything, I'm just like, God, this is great i love this <laughs> <laughs> this is brilliant um so yeah definitely just as a whole and like it's, it was like with every track i was listening to i was like i love this more and more and more and this is great <laughs> <laughs> what about you brian yeah. uh i de- i li- definitely like halo 4 soundtrack more than um fives and reaches um and and both of the wars games, um, then I would say, so it's kind of tough. I know for a fact my top two favorite soundtracks are one and two. I'm very boring with that. It's not boring. It's understandable. But then I would also, so it's kind of a, it's kind of a tough spot because I feel like, I feel like I probably would say Halo Three is my third favorite. But the thing I would appreciate Halo Fours more than Halo Threes is that Halo Three's soundtrack was designed to kind of like use familiar themes. And and bring back the same kind of um, moments from one and two. Greatest it wasn't. It was a greatest hit. So like, on one hand, like I kind of like I think I do kind of like threes more than fours, but like it's only because it's a greatest hit. So I kind of have more respect for fours in that regard. Mm. So it's kind of one, two, and then four. Um, you can also I can also see the same kind of thing going being said for. Uh, elements of Halo 5 soundtrack or even Halo Infinite's now where they're definitely harkening back to familiar tunes, which is not a bad thing at all and probably the right move. And it also makes me very happy. But there is something to be said for doing something new and innovating in that way. And that's what Halo 4 did. Um, And it's crazy, you know, funny thing is, you know, like I just said, we all, everybody always talks about, you know, oh, Marty, 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 Marty. But I'm not really a big fan of his work on Reach, even though I think it was good. It's Definitely so more militaristic for sure. Yeah, it's so militaristic and just it, it doesn't uh, invoke the things that I look for. I know it's really well done, but um, there are some yeah, tracks so. I really like. I love the new Alexandria one. You know, when Six is in the back of the Pelican at the start of that mission, just looking out over the uh, over the destroyed city, and mm-hmm. you've got the very sad kind of music. I think it's got its moments, but as a whole. I didn't care for Reach's music at all, especially in the main menu as well, you know, listening to the sort of the drum roll and everything. I was like, (laughs) it's weird how Reach is. And I I mean, I love Reach. I know it's like your I think it's your least favorite game, right? Of the Halo. Well, no, you do you like it more than five or less? My answer to that changes by the day, I think, depending on the mood. I mean, (laughs) those two, you know, very much at the bottom. Okay, needless to say, it's at the bottom for Alex, but it's it's weird how Reach uh, Reach kind of just separates itself from the entire everything that's going on in Halo One, Two, and Three. One, One, Two, and Three is this expansive sci-fi adventure with fun and lightheartedness, and you know this epic, epic music, and then Reach is like grounded, gritty, militaristic, uh, less adventurous, and more. You know, we're on a mission. It's like the Prometheus to the Alien trilogy, I guess, for me. At least that's how I almost kind of look at it. I don't know. Go back and... Uh, but, uh, you know, I was just going to say, for me, at least, with Halo 4 soundtrack, uh, part of the reason I've really come around and really like it a lot more is because um, in its own original way, it still, like, invokes that, like, ancient, mysterious kind of, like, vibe I feel like the first one had going for it. And this story, it's... And at least at this... At 4's inception, it's less we're going to try to do something to tie, you know, closer or bring, you know, cultivate nostalgia 
or anything like that, but it's more so just because like the story warrants this kind of sound and Absolutely. feel and atmosphere. So yeah, it's definitely it grows on me more and more, and I, I still love that. Yeah, <laughs> I was waiting for you to do it. That's a, that, that almost kind of sounds like a little bungee ish, but uh, it's different. I See, like another thing that really just appeals to me is that um, there's a lot of lore in the soundtrack as well, which is it, it sounds kind of strange to say, but uh, a lot of the ways that they articulate things like the chant in revival, which is the Didact's sort of theme. Um, echoes a moment in Halo Krypton when he is awakened from his Krypton the first time uh, by Bornstella mm-hmm. and Shakers and Riser are actually doing a chant to uh, uh, that has been programmed into them by the librarian to awaken him. So you've kind of got the sort of like language from the books carrying over into the music for the game. It's yeah. it's really uh, you know it's quite a strange thing that you wouldn't expect. You know what's weird? Like, it's maybe maybe this is a hot take, but I, I, more and more we talk about Halo Four. I just think like Halo Four was such a such an awesome game in its own right, and and it had its own uh, its own feeling and its own kind of new lore introduced. That I think Halo Four could work as a game if it was the only game in the series. Yeah. Like oh, if, yeah. Halo, if it was just Halo Four as the only game, and then you had all this expanded material through books and stuff around it. It's just we still have the, really the inception of piece. this guy that's emerging from a pod, basically. Yeah. And this woman and, and this, this narrative story of these two people it makes you want to care about them. And all the while, there's all these new UNSC faces that you're like, who's this Laska guy? Who's Del Rio? I hate him. You know, <laughs> Ooh, who's Palmer? Mm. You know, and all this other stuff. So, you know, <laughs> it's like there's so much there. Plus, you have the, the building and, and antagonist. And, and then it's like, oh, hey, did you enjoy this Forerunner stuff? Did you enjoy the Didact? Guess what? Bam. One, two, three. Here's a Forerunner trilogy for you. Enjoy. <laughs> Yeah, so, pretty cool. Yeah, well, I don't think you could say that as much about like any other game. Like, if somebody no, tried to point. come in on two or three or five, I'd be. You'd be Halo Four is definitely like, much more accessible in that way. I could definitely see yeah. that for sure. Uh, August twenty third, three four three reveals the achievement list for Halo Four. The reason I put this on there was the following day on NeoGaf regarding campaign length that was revealed in the achievements posting as Stinkles. Frankie wrote that the number of missions has no bearing on the length of the campaign. It's a Halo-sized campaign, plus Spartan Ops. Uh, at this point in time, it seems like to me, at least from my notes, that coming off of E3, things were generally like mostly positive, and there was a, such excitement, you know, and mass appeal for this. But then when this came out, it seems like a little insi- anxiety started to seep back in that, ooh, eight missions, this might be incredibly short. Do you guys remember this? Do you guys remember having any trepidation? Yeah, yeah, or just people much. that had that? Yeah, I mean, Halo had always had, like, you know, with the exception of Halo 2, like, eight to ten missions or so. So uh, it was never really a worry for me because they said, like, oh, you know, these are going to be pretty big missions and everything. It's like, yeah, what if you've got, like, two sort of assault on the control room kind of sized missions in there and uh, they take a long time to play? Uh, And, you know, I think as we go on and we play Halo games, like... We don't really care about the length so much. Like, you know, we've got the par time and scores and everything. We try to kind of min-max our way through missions as quickly as possible, I think. Yeah, it's well said. Uh, as time goes on, because it's not about the length. It's about, you know, how fun it is to, to play. When I play, it's about the uh, journey. Halo th- when I play Halo 3, you know, you can complete that campaign on normal in like four hours or so. Uh, or, or even less time than that. But doesn't make the you know the scarab encounters any less fun because uh, sure. because you know how to get through them quicker. So for me, it was never too much of a like a oh you know whatever. 
Yeah, I think you said that well, Ox, because Josh and I have always had kind of, and if I had to lean on objectively, I'd say Josh is probably right. But Josh and I have always kind of had a disagreement on Halo 4's length because Josh sees Halo 4 as such a short, like noticeably short game, whereas to me it just more or less felt like the rest of the series. And like I said, I think Josh is probably right in that it's a bit shorter, but just the way I play the campaign, the way I play those games, because there's levels where I want to run through it as fast as possible, like mm. Cortana on Halo 3. <laughs> Consumed. Or, really, or there's missions where I really want to soak it in and take my time and scour everything. Because of that, you know, like Alex said, I think Halo 3 feels like a longer game than Halo 4, but I have also powered through Halo 3 in like five hours or something. So whereas like when I first beat Halo 4, it took me six. So I think there probably is an objective level in which like Halo 4 maybe is is less, but it's just it's so minute, just it's so minute to me that. It just feels like the same. Well, it could be just my own perception of that, too. I mean, Halo 4's story is so much more linear by comparison to something like Halo 3, which has been more of the sandbox harkening back to Halo 1. So, I mean, it could just be all a difference of perception there. I mean, when I look at eight levels on paper and I remember my first experience of beating it, I think, yeah, it did feel like the shortest, I mean, discounting reach, but that doesn't necessarily make it bad. Um, It was just weird for me. I remember having a moment where I thought, like, the story seemed like, even though I wasn't you know, uh, grasping it fully. Uh, there was a moment where I thought, like, this seems like I'm I'm getting near the end. This feels weird. Like, this feels, like, too soon. But um, but a lot of that was because I was having yeah. a good time as I got more invested in the story, for sure. So And on, a, on another note, I'll say ODST. Um, now, and I love ODST. Actually, for a while, for a while, I really liked it more than 3, I think. Um, but when I play ODST... It always feels like a long game to me, which probably seems like absurd to most of you. Yeah, that's good, but though. Because of ODST's like hub world and finding the, the clues of his team, it always seems like a big endeavor for me to play ODST. <laughs> Whereas if I sit down to play any other Halo, I just you know, roll to the end. I will probably, say you know? that the last time I played that, I went and I got all the um, the phone calls. I did all that, and I got to hear that whole story. And like I was so emotionally invested when I went and listened to all those that I like kind of forgot I was playing Halo uh, mm. ODST and I was like it's just a credit to like the terminals and that kind of stuff that they always do in these games like it just it sucked me into this other part of the story and helped to like build the world and stuff so then now since I've got the context of that when I replay ODST and I'm walking through the streets of New Mombasa I'm like Whoa, you know, it just adds to it. The same way books do. Yeah, that's very much what we're hoping for in uh, in Infinite with the uh, the Ask Three Four Three discussion that went the other day, where they they mm-hmm. talk about audio logs and that, which are going to be related to areas in the game that you're going to to be in. Yeah, yeah. You no, know, I just I'm, thought it's, this really is kind of random, but I I just thought like because the other so the other day we did like uh, we did it, we posted an episode, Alex, about the launch of Halo Three and just like what that was like. And we we say in that episode like oh man if we do a, the launch of Halo Infinite it's gonna it's gonna take us forever to cover because the launch lasted forever. <laughs> but I just realized I just realized if any of you want to hear us cover the launch of Halo Infinite, listen to our entire podcast from episode one. To <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like our podcast is just the launch of Halo Infinite. Basically, you know. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's true. In a lot but of go ways. ahead, Josh. Uh, August 31st at PAX Prime at the Washington State Convention and Trade Center in Seattle, Washington. They had a Halo 4 Reborn panel. Again, a lot of good stuff from this that we kind of more or less gone over, so I just took a couple snippets from this. Biggest thing was, is the panel opened to chance of Halo 4 like three times. I'm talking like people are, Halo 4! Halo 4! <laughs> like they're freaking out. Like you, 
I, I haven't. E- I don't even remember seeing this stuff when I did my research for Halo Five. Um, I, I'm, I'm sure it's been there before, but like, it's just nuts. The euphoria. The euphoria is at max here. Um, in this was our first mention of the road trip metal, <laughs> which I happen to be very fond of. Uh, it makes me laugh every time. It's so weird to hear Jeff Steitzer just saying like that's the most range i've ever seen Steitzer give yeah like absolutely. i love so hearing him more often in in four with all the medals and that i know yeah. a lot of people don't for some reason but it's just like oh, it feels really it. fun and rewarding when i just I get to so hear too. his voice yeah anytime even when i did um even when i've done some of the the specific thing like the combat evolved one in five and he's like combat evolved i'm like ah. <laughs> <laughs> i love it um Ball throwing gets revealed to a crowd pop. Uh, yes. People loved the fact that this is so a thing. Fun. So uh, I, in this moment here, I just wanted to kind of bring up Griffield. Uh, I'm sorry, why well, I said Griffield? Gripball was revealed. New game type well. now. Griffield. You've heard of Gripball, um, but with the the ball throwing and stuff like that, uh, things like ricochet and whatnot. I, it kind of reminds me of how much we kind of take some of this stuff for granted now, right? Like you know, and even you know. It's uh, we were you and I talked about it on Twitter briefly the other day, Alex. But it is so difficult to you know all this stuff that we expect this base suite of options and modes and just you know fundamentals things you can do that we come to expect as the status quo is the norm is often incredibly hard just to get that, let alone a yeah. bunch of other things. As much as we might want those, um, and I think of things like being able to throw the ball and how at one point that was. For people, that's huge. You see a new assassin, uh, assassination animation, or just seeing one in general. Okay, you know, so many things. Go ahead. This, yeah, go ahead. I gotta tell this story, Josh. So we, the last, the last time Josh and I ever got to do a land party in person was 2019. We had planned. We actually long, long is, time ago. We had planned. Uh, we had a land party planned for months that was supposed to start literally like the week of the pandemic happening. So oh. we had to cancel it. So that we were going to, it was going to be last year. Um, But uh, so our last meeting, 2019, we were at my friend Kyle's house and like five, six hours into the night, we did, we discover our, uh, I don't, I say discover, we already knew it existed, but we discover, we we come upon Halo 4 Ricochet uh, during this land party. And it is the funnest shit ever because we're on the map. What is it in Halo? Halo 2 anniversaries Halo- of... Uh, oh, okay. Well, it's in Halo 4. It's in. Is it Shrine? Is Shrine the but, remake yeah. of Sanctuary? In- yeah. In Halo 2 anniversary. Yeah. So we're playing Shrine, and we're, you know, tossing the ball into the goal, passing the ball to each other, trying to kill each other before we get to the goal, and it is just so much fun. It was like and a it- stalemate for the longest time because of that. Yeah, and it makes me sad that, like, two of the modes that are introduced in Halo 4 for, uh, you know, Ricochet and um, Regicide. Oh, yeah. They're so much fun, yet I feel like they're never talked about or never really in the conversation. I mean, the thing about Halo is it just has so much to offer. It's mm-hmm. hard to get everything into one game. That's why That's why I'm more willing to like uh, give 343 a benefit of the doubt in a lot of things because I'm like, when, when Bungie handed over this series, it was a massive undertaking. I mean, they're just like, you know, fans expect a campaign with a compelling story, uh, entire forge mode, file share, cooperative four-player online campaign, multiplayer with a million different modes, maps, big team battle, just types, and and then you know, and then of course since three four threes came in, they've introduced things like Spartan Ops and Warzone, which have their own fans, and there's just no way to do all of it. Yeah, there's just no you, the game would be in development forever. That's why this ten-year plan is so smart. Also, yep. 
I can't wait for those reviews like Halo Infinite one year later, five years later, you know, things like that. So, yeah, pretty cool. Uh, September 1st, uh, the vid doc A Hero Awakens is released. A couple of quotes I have from this. I can um, hear it. I say, yeah. <laughs> I've rewatched this many times. Yeah. Uh, Christopher Schlurf, uh, I might be mispronouncing that. Um, he said, We had to create a situation that was going to knock, referring to Chief, knock him out of his comfort zone. The Master Chief has settled into this comfort zone of being the hero. It's interesting early on how we discussed about the hero's journey. How do you have a hero's journey when he's already a hero? The journey is the important part, though. The growth is the important part. So we, so really, where does he still need to go as a human? That became the key, not just the story of Halo 4, but the entire trilogy. Brian Reed said, shout out to Brian Reed since he gets <laughs> <laughs> so much shit. Um, he said, we're always telling these huge, big stories. We've got Infinity. It's the biggest ship that's ever been launched. We've got Requiem, which is like the biggest Forerunner artifact we've ever found. But in the middle of all that, we've got this very small personal story between Master Chief and Cortana. Um, also here, we see some footage of mocap from Bruce Thomas, Mackenzie Mason, uh, and more shown. Uh, Josh Holmes says regarding uh, Bruce Thomas's mocap, you'll never see his face or hear his voice. But all the other actors that are playing off of him have received so much from him in their performances. And I think they'd all agree so with that. Great. The last thing I have from this is Frank O'Connor on Steve and Jen recording together for the first time. He said, the funny thing is that they had this off-screen chemistry because they did not actually meet until last year. So seeing them meet and seeing them have that chemistry in real life and seeing how they acted together in scenes, it just felt like we all... I'm sorry, it just felt like we missed all these opportunities for all these years to actually get them together and get something even more memorable mm. and more exciting out of all of them. Thoughts on that, Bidoc? I, I still rewatch it every now and then. It's like a comfort kind of like 10 minutes yeah. or so to, to go back and watch because you just get that sense of like passion and energy and sort of depth of thought about, you know, all these different things that they've been thinking about for, you know, what was then the planned trilogy, whatever has, you know, gone on since. But, um, just the the mix when Bungie first started doing Vidox it's very uncommon in the industry for that kind of transparency to be a thing you don't see behind the curtain you don't see how the how the sausage is made but Bungie set the precedent um for Halo that you know they would do that they would show you all the kind of the ups and downs uh, in this kind of presented fashion um and we didn't know whether 343 was going to continue sort of doing that kind of thing but they did um, and in some ways, they even upgraded it. You know, when we go to Halo so Five, too. and they do like the sprint for three entire seasons. Sprint. A lot of love for the sprint. Um, so you know, going back to to watch these is uh, is very kind of a rewarding experience to really kind of get where their heads at with the with this game, and are fully on board with it. I go back and I'm just like, this was such a good time. <laughs> yeah, I can see it. Yeah, I know I wasn't there for it, but I I almost get a weird sense of nostalgia just for just in i don't know how to explain it. it's like a backwards kind of nostalgia where like i can I, when i watch these i could imagine what it was like seeing these at the time because mm. they get to the end of the videos and they start playing some of the music and i just feel like oh like i want to go play halo like it's just so it's so motivating mm. but uh, what are your yeah. thoughts brian i just feel like you know when i was watching that i i just felt like they knew what they were doing and then i played the game and also many years have passed by now and i'm like they, I, I feel like they really knew what they were doing mm. of course you're gonna have people who didn't like halo 4 who wanted to go in a different direction, but just seeing what they were coming off of with this gigantic phenomenon that was the Halo trilogy and how Halo 3 concluded, and it's like, what way are we going to continue that that makes sense, that feels right for the characters? And I just feel like they had a complete understanding of it, and, and it just, you know, 
I just, maybe this is me self-imposing this, but I just feel from 343 even today, I feel from them a sense of pride they have in Halo 4. Just the way they talk about it, the way even artwork of it's posted at their studio, the way it's treated in MCC. I mean, you look at, I was going to say, you look at MCC and how much support they've had to give for titles that wasn't actually theirs. Halo 4 is the one they actually got to make, and I love whenever they get to yeah. really... And, and and just the way it's... And it's weird almost how, like, I'm not saying this was intentional, but just even the way how it's in MCC, and then 5's over here, and MCC is like the, the forefront product while we wait for Infinite, and how MCC's been brought to PC and 5 hasn't. Like, I, I know I'm inferring a lot here, but it just... It very much just paints this picture to me of just how, how proud they are of 4, how well 4 fits with the saga, and how... I'm sure the studio has a lot of love for five and a lot of the great things they did with that game. But, you know, five was a kind of an objective fumble as much as I don't want to talk negatively. And yeah, we still love so it. Mu- yeah. yeah, there's just so much pride for that game for four. And I, I think just as fans, too, we just like look at that as like, oh, you guys really, you know, you came in and knocked it out of the park right off the bat and we're glad you started that way because it was easier to get through five <laughs> well you you no. kind of put it into perspective too alex like you mentioned you know thinking you know maybe they won't continue on with like some of the vid docs and stuff like that but in some ways they not only like did that but they in some ways they kind of did it even better in a mm-hmm. sense and i actually feel that way i love yeah i love these halo 4 vid docs more than i love like halo 3s for example and go ahead but. No, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt you. Go oh, ahead. All right, man. Well, no, no, what were you going to say? say? I, I just remember the first time, like, the first time I ever saw Kiki Wolfkill's face. <laughs> and I'm just like, I'm just like, who is this random non-Bungie woman that has an awesome name? I don't know her. She's a stranger to me. And, you know, Bonnie Ross, who, even though I know she had, uh, she had involvement with Halo 3 and stuff like that as well, didn't know who she was. And just other people like uh, uh, Josh Holmes and, and go on and on and on. Yeah. These people that, you know, you know, when you first see somebody for the first time, they almost don't look the same because they're a stranger to your eyes. Yeah. And then once you see somebody over and over and over again, they become familiar and you see them in a different light. And that's just now. Dan I just look, yeah. What's what? Dan Ayub. Yeah. I just, so I just, I see these people and I just think, oh, you, you know, you're, you're part of Halo. Like you, you brought me these things. Yeah, I, love. Like that, I, I feel like this is going to go on the bingo part now, but it's like that scene from Harry, uh, Spider-Man three where Harry sees he's in the hospital. He's like, I know that face. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so it's just so cool beautiful. to see that, uh, so many of those people that were strangers to me are now synonymous with, uh, with the series. And I just, lo- I love to hear of their successes. I, I listened to that video, uh, recently of um it was for women uh international women's day um with uh, S- uh deborah snyder and kiki wolfkill uh, yeah. i'm sure you listen to that too uh probably uh yeah and just uh hearing her talk about her experiences with the halo tv show and just kind of you know it's just cool to see her still her career still blossoming uh in halo uh, eight, nine years now. Over ten, 10 years, years now. Yeah. She was one of the yeah. founding employees back in 2007. Yeah, it's crazy. And her name's still just as badass as ever. <laughs> yeah. Makes me happy that some of them are there, are still there, like some of those familiar faces, like especially Kiki and Bonnie. Like I, I, do, I was going to, now that you brought that up, Josh, I was going to mention it, but like there are some some faces from those Halo 4 Vidocs too that I've never seen again. And I, I, I would like to know kind of what happened. I'm guessing if I could bring their name up, Alex would be like, oh, I can tell you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But, uh, I, I can't. No, that's how it was with like some of the Halo Two stuff. When I got to the Halo Three like documentary stuff, and I remember not seeing a lot of the people from Halo Two. I thought, well, what happened to them? Like, 
Yeah. I was like, at the time when I was so young, I was like, people go to different jobs? <laughs> you know, I was like, that's weird. You know? But Well, and it's um, funny, it's funny too, because actually, before before starting this podcast, I never understood why anyone would leave a franchise. Like, somebody who worked for Halo would go to Assassin's Creed, or somebody who worked for Star Wars would work on Avatar. I would just be like why like you you talk i know you love that franchise why would you leave well then you do the podcast and you know josh and i have been podcasting for a year and a half and how many different moments have we woke up and said man i would love to talk about anything other than halo right now (laughs) because we all go through moods you know like alex is in a doctor who mood or we're in a we're in a Star Wars mood, and it's like today I don't want to talk about Halo, but I do a Halo podcast. So just like those people who have, uh, um, yeah, it's just like those people that uh, do Halo, and then for like a five ten years, and then they end up, you know, leaving, and you're just like, I thought you loved Halo. Well, they wanted to do something <laughs> new. They wanted to reinvigorate, re-energize, yeah. and 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 you know, it's like uh, Josh Holmes right now with uh, what's this game that he's currently working uh, on? Scavengers. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So just like, I'm sure like for him, that's just rejuvenating yeah. to be not talking about Halo for the millionth time. <laughs> Living you know, and I wish, it every day. I, yeah. I hope someday we can get uh, some kind of like making of book. I don't know if you, if you guys have seen the making of books like for the original trilogy of Star Wars. They're huge and massive, but um, incredible. And I would love to get stuff like that for Halo if there was somehow any way. I mean, yeah, the oral history we started off kind of talking about in this retrospective. But, man, I would love to have that in, like, a book format that I can just open up anytime. Yeah, I would love to read put something like that together. Ooh, that would be Josh, awesome. give, us a, give us a closer uh, closer question or, or thing. No, this is actually uh, probably a good one to go out on because the next thing uh, we're going to be going into uh, more information about a vid deck, more quotes and stuff like that. So we'll probably... Um, call it here for that, but uh, okay. I will say, uh, yeah, as we're closing into this, it's crazy. Um, well, so uh, just for you guys who might be tuning in for the first time, or you guys who have been here for a while, regardless, um, I think we're gonna do the campaign after this. Once we wrap this up, we're gonna move into campaign discussions. You guys probably won't hear me talk as much because I'll get to hear Alex and, and learn a lot, as I have from doing this retrospective. So, uh, we're really looking forward to that. But we're kind of narrowing this down. It's crazy, um, but. Uh, Came up with the idea in October of 2020. It is now March of 21, and we're still doing it. So still going strong. Yeah, yeah. but uh, so no, this okay, guys. Well, we're uh, glad we could have you join us again for another episode of the Haruspis Retrospective, and uh, we'll hope to have probably I don't know four or five more of these before we conclude. Get into some nice juicy campaign details. But uh, thank you again for joining us, Alex. Pleasure as always. Yes, thank you, Alex. Uh, always and, good to uh, see you again. Yeah, we will see you guys on the next episode, and as always. Keep it sacred.